Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. It's great to have you. This show's for over-18s only. George and myself will be talking about our bets ahead of the EFL weekend. Gambling is for over-18s very strictly. Um, we ask that anyone who is listening to this that is over 18 and thinking of placing a bet this weekend, make sure you're gamble aware, understand the risks that come with doing so. There are many of them. You can head to BeGambleAware to understand how to be more disciplined in your betting and make sure that you're never betting more than you can afford to lose. Please, by all means, enjoy it, as a wise man once said, but enjoy it by being disciplined. George Alec, hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Still... Uh, on the south coast on holiday, still wearing a Paolo Di Canio t-shirt. So nothing's changed really since Monday. Nice place to be this week of all weeks. I tell you what's not a nice place to be, baking hot concrete jungle, London. Last week, mate, no real way to sugarcoat it, sadly. Our our lay bets were both winners. We laid Norwich and Burnley uh, and neither of them won. That was great, uh, but everything else lost. So uh, work to do. Frustrating that, yeah, I mean, having said I wasn't going to do any draw no bets, um, and I'd picked two quite big price. <laughs> uh, and that's the next best. They both drew, which was, you know, it feels like I, I made my bed there and I've got to lie in it. George, in life, it's not your setbacks that define you. It's how you respond to them. And quite by chance and certainly not by design, but we've shared our picks just before we've come on air and we're responding to last week's poor week with a double nap. The first of the <laughs> season. Yeah, double nap, exciting. Uh, Interleague two, going back to the well that was frustrating on um, on uh, Saturday uh, by getting against Swindon. Uh, Swindon travelled to Carlisle on Saturday. Uh, the Swindon, you know, my nap last week was Salford to beat Swindon away from home at a pretty big price. Uh, I thought I was looking at a winner when Harry McCurdy was sent off just before half time in that game at nil nil. Uh, but Salford didn't really look necessarily like the more likely team to score in the second half um you know having been comfortably the better team when it was 11 v 11 uh, Swindon themselves had a couple of chances on the break uh, in that second half and Salford were unable to make their uh, numerical advantage count over over the course of the second half but there was still pretty little in that uh in Saturday's game I mean they were obviously comfortably better than they were at Harrogate um the weekend before where they lost 3-0 on opening day but there still wasn't much here to suggest that Swindon are, are the same team that they were last season. Uh, Carlisle, on the other hand, uh, and, you know, added to that, whilst it's an incredibly small sample size, I quite like how this weekend you've, you're going back to away teams from opening day and home teams from opening day. And there's no doubt that Swindon's worst performance was away from home on opening day. They had difficulty travelling last season as well. Whereas Carlisle's performance against uh, against Colchester in a one-all draw was absolutely fine. Um, you know, they went 1-0 behind, but they were probably the better team on the day. Christian Dennis getting his second goal of the season. Um, and, you know, they, they were probably the team who, who could have won it between the two uh, in the second half. But their opening day performance against Crawley, even though that hasn't aged particularly well with Crawley being beaten at home to Leighton Orient, um, that was as dominant a home display as we've seen uh, in, in, in League 2 this season so far in, in, in what is a small amount of games. And, and you have to feel like if Carlisle are able to... to put in a similar performance against Swindon here, um, they will come out as winners. Um, you know, they should have beaten Crawley by much more than the one goal um, that they did. And they put in a decent performance as well in midweek, uh, losing in, in pretty devastated circumstances, devastated circumstances to Shrewsbury in the Carabao Cup with Shea Dunkley scoring very late on. Um, the fact that Carlisle are outsiders for this game, um, they are currently 7-4, to four, with Swindon just a touch bigger than 6-4, to four, is in my 
personal opinion, completely wrong. It is still a big hangover, a big lag from last season. I think Carlisle not only should be favourites at home, but I think if these two played at a neutral venue, if there was no home advantage, I would still have Carlisle as, as the better team. Um, and that makes them at 7-4 to four a, a must-back on Saturday. Well, clearly I agree. These prices still have a strong weighting towards last season, but but what I'm seeing, clearly what you're seeing as well, uh, is very different to last season. Carlisle, a hungry team, playing with a really good intensity. They look really well coached, enjoying their football. Uh, a team that, that won that opening home game very, very comfortably against, and this may be relevant, a possession-based team in Crawley who had almost all of the ball, Carlisle had no issues defending out of possession and then causing havoc at the other end. Now, Swindon haven't looked as poor as Crawley in the first two weeks of the season. But to my eyes, they just seem a little bit stuck so far uh, under Scott Lindsay. Very early days, but not quite able to replicate the style of play from last season just yet. Um, But maybe not really sure of what else to do when that's not working. So I don't feel like they've uh, hit the ground running and Carlisle absolutely have, I think. Carlisle can run all over Swindon here. I think they can beat them physically as well. I'm expecting Barkley to be a threat from set plays. Christian Dennis, you mentioned, looks super sharp at the moment. He's physical enough to cause centre-backs like Baudry uh, real issues aerially. Um, the one concern has to be Harry McCurdy because sent off last weekend. He missed midweek with suspension, but he's available here against his former club, a club whose fans hate him. He hates their fans. No love lost. When that's the case, McCurdy generally scores or get sent off. So one or the other, be box office either way. We're hoping um, for a Carlisle home win uh, against Swindon. Couldn't ignore the home team at 7-4, to four point, uh, 2.75 rather in decimals. The best bet of the weekend for both of us, a double nap. I think we had a good record last season when we landed on the same naps. Uh, as for next best, well, mine is Grimsby staying in League 2. Grimsby away at, at Rochdale. 2-1 to one to win this game at Dale. I've been impressed with their return to the EFL. Not particularly surprised because we've seen it time and time again with, with clubs that come up from the National League. Even those who come up through the playoffs and have a massively reduced pre-season tend to hit the ground running. They acquitted themselves very well against Orient and Northampton last weekend, albeit they've only picked up one point. I'm looking at the performances uh, as as being impressive rather than the points return. I think that helps us here with a, a juicy price of 2-1. to one. They matched a very good Northampton team in a game of few chances last Saturday. Went 1-0 down to, to what was just a very nice goal and then basically battered Cobblers for the rest of the way. Uh, tons of opportunities and got one right at the end for a one-all draw against Orient on opening day. Again, I'd say they matched them more or less away from home. Conceded that Tom James worldy uh, and then they, they couldn't really get back into it. But... 4-0 winners against Crew in the Cup in midweek. I won't be getting carried away about that, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Didn't make that many changes, which you can decide whether that's an issue here, whether you'd rather them be fresh, or whether actually these guys who have played well for two league games, playing again and thumping Crew 4-0 might give them some uh, confidence. They, they did rest their front three. And in midfield, I just like the look of it. We were concerned about the loss of Ben Fox, who moved to Northampton in the summer, but Bryn Morris, Gavin Hollihan, and Kieran Green as the midfield three looks very nice indeed. And yes... The star man McAtee is injured, but so far it hasn't meant that they look completely out of ideas, which was my concern. Kiernan and Clifton, Maguire, Drew and, and Wynn, they've all had good moments early this season. And Ryan Taylor is Ryan Taylor. You know him as well as anyone from his Yellows days. He almost certainly will not score a goal, but he will bring a lot to the table outside of that. Uh, but this is also about Dale, of course, whose performances in their two defeats so far in the league have been probably poor rather than horrific. But the results have triggered some serious anxiousness amongst the fan base. Um, 
Two of their three league goals conceded have been from set pieces. They were a terrible set piece team last season. I think minus 10 goal difference over the 46 games, just if you take set plays. Uh, they did go to Burton and win in, in midweek, uh, a late penalty to win that game, and then one on the break as well to win 2-0. This is just a bet that I couldn't ignore for, for one main reason, George, and that's because we we bang on time and time again about there being a negligible gap between the top of the National League and the bottom of League Two. We see most National League promoted teams, for the most start, look comfortable at the very least, sometimes even better than that, as soon as they come up. And this is a Grimsby side who in the last few months of last season picked up two points per game under Paul Hurst, became a brilliant winning football team, won the playoffs with grit and spirit and intangibles coming out their ears. Uh, And it's a Dale team who finished last season with one point per game over the last few months, lost more than half their games and have started with two defeats, haven't seemingly sorted issues with slow starts to games and set-piece deficiency, and based on what I've seen from Twitter, a crowd ready to get fairly toxic, I think, at Spotland if things don't start well here, with many thinking they've seen enough of, of Robbie Stockdale, the manager. So, for me, it's a good team that knows how to win against a team that seems to have forgotten, and I have to back that at 2-1. to one. Grimsby Town, my next best away at Rochdale. What about you? I'm backing Bolton at five to four away at Port Vale. Um, a five to four for an away win may not um, set the pulses racing, but I think there's a bit of juice to be had there. Um, I think Bolton, there's a chance, could be one of the best teams in League One this season. And what I really like is we've seen them play twice in the last week, albeit both home games, um, where they were able to to score eight goals, uh, but basically playing two different teams. <laughs> you know, you had the, against Wickham. Um, on, on Saturday, it was Carl Dempsey who scored twice with Aaron Morley in the middle. They made wholesale changes. Uh, Afalayan and Bakayoko playing as a two-up top against Wickham. Against Salford in the Cup, it was Kashinga and Sadly at either side of, of Bodvarsson. And they scored five against Salford, winning 5-1. Uh, and Dion Charles currently injured as well. They basically have so many options and such a deep squad, all of which seem to be in form at the same time, that it seems um, they're a side who is, it is worth siding with at, at this moment in time. On opening day, um, they weren't great against Ipswich, but I think, as we know, Ipswich are the second uh, favourites for the title, uh, have started the season pretty well. And um, having gone ahead early, maybe unsurprising that having conceded uh, and, and gone gone level, uh, that it was uh, Ipswich in the ascendancy, but they were able to hold on for a point. Um, Port Vale got the season off to a pretty good start at home by winning their first home league game against Fleetwood. But since then, it's been difficult. You know, they were beaten, hammered 4-0 with fellow promotion, fellow uh, promoted team Exeter uh, away from home and then um, were beaten by Rotherham. Uh, You know, no uh, shame in that at all. Um, But it just feels to me like this is a team, uh, a top six team and bolting up against a side who are going to do well to avoid relegation battle and if we could fast forward the season a little bit the prices would reflect that and, and Bolton would, would be a bit shorter um, you know I, I would have thought that the absence of Charles might be an issue but um, but given the way that the Bolton are playing at the moment I'm not too fast and I'm not too worried so at five to four I think there's still a cause to get with the away side don't forget with the Betfair Sportsbook it's bet 10 get two so if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers, you'll get a £2 free bet this season. T's and C's in the bio, in the description of this podcast. Bet 10, get to. If you bet £10 on EFL Ackers, you'll get a £2 free bet. Uh, moving to the exchange with a lay bet. I've laid Sheffield Wednesday this morning at 1.7 at home to Charlton. It's it's yeah. definitely not my 
strongest stance. It, it was just price based. I was surprised at how short that was a 1.7 uh, this early in the season, where I don't think Wednesday have exactly hit the ground running. I understand how strongly they finished last season, how good they became uh, at, at winning games at League One level for, for the last chunk of last season. But um, 1.7 for me, short enough to, to make them my lay this week. Charlton played pretty well midweek by all accounts against QPR last weekend. I saw them live against Derby. They're pretty desperate in the first half, in, in fairness. Did find something in the second half and won that game um, with some some absolute rip-roaring counter-attacks. And I, I think I think playing away could suit Charlton in general this season, just like it did for Ben Garner's Swindon team last season, who had an amazing away record and struggled a little bit to get things done with the pressure of playing at home. That They were a high-possession team, Swindon, as everyone knows. But before that game, the Charlton game, in my research, I watched all of Swindon's goals from last season. And way fewer than you'd expect were like breaking down a low block. But they were mostly counterattacks or moments of transition. And and that's what we saw last week is that Charlton under Garner really struggled to build up when Derby's defence was set. But in moments of transition, they looked really dangerous. Blackett Taylor in particular down the right wing should be a big threat here. Stockley up front, possibly not the ideal striker for, for a counterattacking game plan, but um, certainly someone that can cause problems in other ways. I, I wouldn't be convinced that Charlton are strong enough to keep a full-strength Wednesday attack at bay here. But this plays into it as well. I don't think Wednesday are a full-strength attack right now. Michael Smith has been out, and it's reported this morning he definitely won't be ready to return to action this weekend. And last night against Sunderland, Lee Gregory went off with a with a muscle problem in the first half against Sunderland. So it, it's the sort of injury that I guess if it's if it's worth whipping him off early on in that game against Sunderland, then playing two and a half days later possibly um, wouldn't be worth the risk. So that leaves Darren Moore, if he doesn't play Gregory, with Josh Windass, who's obviously class, Callum Patterson, who I wouldn't be that that concerned about compared to the others, and Silas Auer, who played last night as well. So uh, just a slightly weakened Wednesday attack against a Charlton side that might, might be able to hurt them on the break. Um, because of those factors and the short price of 1.7, I've taken on Wednesday, I've laid them with the Betfair Exchange at 1.7. Uh, what about you then? I've laid Salford at 1.92 uh, at home to Crew. Now, this isn't necessarily an anti-Salford stance. I still think Salford are going to be a fairly well, a pretty good team this season. But, you know, they, they do come into this off the back of a 5-1 defeat in the Cup, which isn't going to do much for confidence after what was a fairly decent start, especially having not been able to break down 10 men, as I mentioned, in the second half against Swindon. Um, you know, a really good first 20 minutes of the season where they went 2-0 up against Mansfield since that to the, since that 20 minutes they have been the second best team against Mansfield they have failed to beat a 10-man Swindon and then they've been thrashed away for, from home at a, at a League One side so a few reasons to be fairly cautious I think at the moment around Salford as has basically been the way to approach them for the last two seasons in, in League Two and I think there's a lot to be excited about with Crew. Now, they also were battered in midweek uh, by a League Two side this time in Grimsby, having made a fair few changes, so not necessarily the first team um, out for that game. Uh, and, but of course, it is, you know, if I'm going to play significance in Salford getting thrashed, and I've got, I've got to say the same for Crew. But I think what we've seen in the league suggests that any concerns that we had pre-season about, you know, Alex Morris maybe being out of out of his depth with his first full-time management role at Crew were were mislaid. You know, they they couldn't really maybe have had an easier opening couple of games. You know, they went away on opening day to relegation favourites Rochdale, um, and then their second game was at home to one of the other relegation favourites in Harrogate. But they couldn't have done much more in being solid and beating both two one and three nil. And whilst they 
were a very poor League One side last season. And I think there's a fair chance that Karim are maybe a better side this season than they were last season in League One. Um, then it shouldn't take too much to bounce back, yet they're being perceived as, as a side as we had them, who were going to be down towards the bottom end of the table. So I wouldn't be backing Salford odds on here to win this game. And so at 1.92, I think there's a, a bit of value in the day. Okay, my goals pick is a, an overs treble at one over 2.5 pick from each league. And I start in the championship with Blackpool against Swansea at evens. For me, this is just a case of, of thinking both teams and their tactical identity, if you will, kind of mesh well to hurt each other, to, to have good spells of, of attacks. Uh, certainly Swansea up against the Blackpool defence that I'm, I'm, as I keep saying, not yet convinced by. And Swans themselves, very hard to be convinced by how they've defended in the first two weeks of the season. And, and no doubt that Blackpool, um, hopefully with Bowler, starting for them despite continued speculation you can't tell me that bowler leading blackpool in transition after after you know swansea have had a sustained spell of possession with others running off him isn't a pretty exciting prospect so i think it'll be an open game with chances for both teams blackpool swansea at even money cheltenham pompey at nine to ten i just like backing goals in cheltenham games in general um they obviously lost 7-0 to Exeter in, in midweek. Uh, it was almost entirely a second team. I don't expect that we'll see that that same group of players take to the pitch, probably not for some time, but it definitely ramps up a bit of pressure, I think, from the home crowd with, with three defeats from three this season, albeit all in kind of different circumstances. Um, last time at home, they were 2-0 up, weren't they, against uh, Peterborough at halftime. They'd battered them, they'd been excellent, and then they crumbled and conceded three. So uh, I think it's just a, a, it's a, it's one where I can see Pompey winning comfortably if Cheltenham really have lost their confidence and we've seen Pompey score some pretty good goals already over the first few weeks of the season but I also think Alfie May and Lundulu do carry a threat up front for Cheltenham themselves so 9-10 to 10, that goes in and finished off with Sutton against Barrow 21-20 to 20 with the Betfair Sportsbook I think Sutton are basically due a game where they score two or three goals soon. They were brilliant for the most part against Doncaster. They should have been well ahead before losing that lead and losing 2-1. They're missing their best centre-back, Goodliff, for a number of months now. And I think the other centre-back was injured at the weekend as well. So Barrow coming into this with confidence against a weakened Sutton side should be able to score at least one or two. Uh, but Sutton going forward also looked pretty dangerous and, and Barrow have conceded two in both of their league games so far. So it's a treble. It's one from each league at 7.79. The treble with the Betfair Sportsbook uh, over 2.5 goals in Blackpool, Swansea, Cheltenham, Pompey and Sutton, Barrow at 7.79. Yeah, I tried one of your multis. And um, Ben Brayton Diaz. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Lewis Travis. One goal too me. many, wasn't it? It was one goal too many. It was frustrating. So I'm going back to my singles. I think this is <laughs> this is one of my favourite goals bets so far. Okay, um, nice. Not just this season, but you know we've ever done on the podcast. It is even money about over two and a half goals in Wigan against Bristol City. Um, Bristol City, as we know, are the agents of chaos in this league. Uh, at the moment and were last season as well. Uh, we saw them lose 2-1 away at Hull on opening day and then 3-2 at home to Sunderland um, last weekend and then 4-1 in midweek against Coventry. Nigel Pearson sets his side up to attack and they've got brilliant attackers to do that in uh, Martin Vyman Scott at the moment because uh, Semenyo currently out um, and they are creating chances at will but even despite bringing Carl Smith in uh, they are still defensively very porous. And I don't see any reason why this game won't descend into a similar pattern. I think the reason why we're getting the um, the big price we are is because of Wigan. Wigan 
if you're looking at their games so far this season, a nil-nil draw, a one-nil draw, and a one-nil defeat at Fleetwood. But I don't think that tells the whole story at all. We, we said uh, on our first Monday show of the season that the Wigan Preston game, despite being a nil-nil, was one of the most open games on opening weekend. I think the XG ratings were, were values were 1.7 Wigan, 1.4 Preston. So that is a fake result and doesn't show how the game developed at all. Exactly the same in the Norwich Wigan one all game. Uh, yes, I backed unders, but it was a fairly fortunate victory that one with Norwich absolutely battering Wigan, but then Wigan having three very very good chances um, on the break as well. So. Wigan not particularly defensively solid in either game, despite conceding just one goal, but be able to create high XG chances in both again. And then in the cup game, I'm pretty happy to draw a line through that. Loads of changes as as we expect uh, up against the Fleetwood side, who um, I think are, are fairly good and play the play the first team basically. So I think we're getting the price because of Wigan, but I don't think Wigan are going to be a dour side this season. I think it's a small sample size; it doesn't really tell the full story and an even money. Even money for any Bristol City game at the moment for overs is probably an automatic bet. And I think we're going to are pretty much the perfect team to play against where goals are, are, are coming. Goals are forecast. As you guys know, the Betfair Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. Uh, and with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can easily add the trending EFL Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. You'll find them easily uh, on the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, goal scorer pick... I'm afraid it's the same as last week. It's Bali Mumba of Plymouth Argyle. I'm going back to the well because I feel pretty strongly about this one. Uh, Argyle hosts Peterborough this weekend. Bali Mumba with the Betfair Sportsbook is 55 to 1 to score first, 55 to 1 to score last, and 22 to 1 to score anytime. I'll be splitting my one point stake. Yes, Peterborough do look strong. And yes, Peterborough did literally beat Argyle last night in the Carabao Cup and looked pretty good in doing so. Heavily rotated teams, as you'd expect, and I, I don't really use that to predict anything that's going to happen this weekend. It's true that Argyle have had a tough week as well uh, after a disappointing defeat to Fleetwood Town, having gone ahead. And yes, Barley Mumba didn't score for me last week at, at 50s, but he did win the penalty that Argyle scored from, and it was exactly the same sort of move that I spoke about last week. Argyle attacking with Mumba as part of the front five, the left wing back, but receiving the ball in space, left side of the box, cutting back inside onto his right foot and getting absolutely cleaned out to win the pen before he had a chance to shoot. So it's made me more bullish on the Mumba stance at, at this price. While he continues to play left wing back for Plymouth Argyle, and while he continues to be priced up at around 50s or 55 to 1 as the case is this time round, 20s, 22 to 1 anytime, I'm going to back him because I think we can get in front of something that could give us uh, a decent payout at some point here. Against Posh, well, it's 2-3 at the back formations here. Of course, that means that the wing-back battle is crucial. It also means that Mumba and Joe Ward have a serious head-to-head -head game down that side. And Ward is excellent going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if he provides another assist or some good moments in the final third. But Ward is not excellent defensively. He's never trusted to play right back in a back four. It's only when they play three at the back that he comes into the team uh, and tends to do well. Mumba, as mentioned last week, looks really skillful. Um, and he can beat him off the dribble. I can equally see him, him having joy as a spare man at the back post, if uh, if Argyle are building up down the right, if they can suck the defence um, to the, the where the ball is, Mumba can be the one at the back stick to, to finish chances. So I'm hoping Mumba does it this weekend. If he does, I'm, I'm going to honeymoon in Bali, which might be a tough one to explain to my wife, but uh, be worth it for the, for the betting show content. <laughs> Bali, Mumba, first 
Goal scorer, 55 to 1. Last goal scorer, 55 to 1. 22 to 1 the any time. Quarter of a point, first and last. Half a point, any time. Once again, who are you going for? Going to Cardiff, Birmingham. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce this, but Flechetta uh, is, is the man I'm backing to. Don't you grin like that. I'm having a Flechetta for dinner tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's 9-2 to two to score any time. Um, I think he's not far off being the main goal threat in this Birmingham side. Um, and and the, the prices aren't really catching up, understandably so. When you look at his goal record for Norwich... He scored one goal in 26 games in, in 2020-2021 um, in the Championship and then didn't score last season, having played a bit part in the Premier League. So he's kind of seen as being a, a non-scoring wide man. However, he was bought from the Polish top flight, having scored 8 in 35. He's playing off the left for this Birmingham team who, um, and as I say, he's the one who seems to be getting in the positions to score. You know, He did score uh, a decent finish as well against Huddersfield uh, last Friday night. Um, he had four shots in the game. He had two shots on opening day. Compare that to Scott Hogan, who, you know, most people would assume is, is the biggest goal threat for Birmingham. Well, Scott Hogan has, has had one shot in those two games and, and scored with the only shot in the game. Um, I think Flechetta is the one who's kind of almost turning that midfield with, with Collar uh, playing as the, the right wing back. It's almost more of a three with um, with, with Trusty being... Uh, kind of playing further out wide on the left-hand side. It's not your, your, your kind of regimental... Um, Three, five, two. I think on one side it's kind of lopsided with him playing um, with Hogan in the middle and Dini um, further on the right hand side. So I think he is being mispriced at the moment. I think he's being priced on what he's done for Norwich, whereas actually his his job in this team and in this system is to play in the final third and and, and get on the end of uh, will create his own chances and get on the end of chances at the far post as well. So you're riding the Barley train. I'll head to Poland if he scores a nine to two. Really exciting. I hope you've enjoyed this one. George, just give us a little recap. Make sure that we know specifically and exactly uh, what you've picked ahead of the EFL weekend. Carlisle to win is my nap, as it is yours. Uh, Bolton at Port Vale, the next best. Laying Salford at 1.92. Over two and a half goals. Wigan versus Bristol City. Even money is my goals bet. And then Flechetta anytime um, at 9-2 to two for Birmingham at Cardiff. Magnificent. For me, the double nap as well. Carlisle against Swindon. Next best. Grimsby 2-1 to one at Rochdale with the Sportsbook. I've laid Sheffield Wednesday at 1.7 on the Betfair Exchange. Uh, and over 2.5 goals treble, which includes Blackpool, Swansea, Cheltenham, Portsmouth and Sutton versus Barrow. One from each league. And Bali Mumba at the back post for Argyle against Peterborough United this weekend. 55 to 1 first goal scorer, last goal scorer and 22 to 1 anytime. What a treat, guys. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Please make sure you're drinking lots of water. Please make sure that you're betting responsibly if you choose to place a bet this weekend. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Betfair, for their support of this podcast. Go out, 